This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories and to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hi, everyone. This is such a treat that I get to share my story this morning. And I'll share what happened, what it was like, what brought me to FA and what I do today to stay abstinent. I came into FA at 19 years old. It was 2005, and I was in Cleveland, Ohio. That's where I found this program. I like to share my numbers because it always helps me to remember just I, I love sharing numbers when I came in because I love to hear how fat people were and how much weight they lost and what size they used to wear. So I like to share numbers. And my top weight that I remember weighing was 245 pounds at 19 years old. I was a size, honestly, if I was honest with myself, a size 22, maybe even 24, but I was squeezing my self into a size 20 and they were tight and I had holes in my jeans because my thighs had broke together and I the clothing I wore on top was always double XL and usually men's style type clothing or unisex clothing and I I have been abstinent by the grace of God since February of 2010 and I've been maintaining about 125 pound weight loss. So roughly my weight is between 117, 121. And I'm a little shy of size four. Um, and I wear now a size two. And it's it's a miracle. It's a it's a miracle. And I'm 36 years old and and recently just moved to North Carolina from Cleveland, Ohio. So those are my numbers and so I like to share what qualifies me, definitely the numbers, but food addiction for me isn't just about being overweight. It's being out of control of food. It's about being out of control of my life, my life being unmanageable because of my addiction and the way that I used food was addictively. So I, I used food to comfort myself. I used it as my best friend. I used it when I was bored. I, of course, used it to celebrate. I used it when I was sad and I just ate all the time. I grew up with my parents both being in other 12-step programs. And so when I, I knew drugs and alcohol were bad, even though I tried them later on in my life, but I I knew they were bad. But food always just seemed to be really important when I was a kid, depending on what restaurant we were in or what restaurant we would go to. I was always very fixated on my certain types of foods that I wanted to eat. If I didn't get what I wanted, I, I was very upset. I remember kind of manipulating my my mom and dad to give me certain foods. And I would have certain foods that I would eat with my mom on certain days that my dad was gone and certain things that I would eat with my dad when my mom was gone. And it was always a lot of greasy, salty, fatty foods. And, and I just ate and ate and ate and ate. And my weight just I mean, by the time I was in fifth grade, I was over 100 pounds. I probably weighed more then than I do now. I'm, and I was an only child 
So I, and then when I was maybe around, around first grade, a lot of the kids on my street moved away and my cousin moved away. And so I think that's really when I started to turn to the food for entertainment, for, for comfort, for, I just didn't know how to deal with my feelings. And I think that's when I started to really turn to food and my weight started to go up. And I also was in a lot of after school care programs because my parents were working and, and they would feed us a lot. And then I would come home and eat more. My parents would take me out to fast food places and I would just, just eat whatever was in front of me. I really was not a picky eater. If I would go to friends' houses, I would eat whatever they would serve and more until they were like, wow, that's enough. So, and a lot of parents actually really loved me because I always ate whatever they served. And I even had one friend, I would go to her house because her mom had the best junk food. Like, And I, I cheated this friend terribly, but she had the best food. So I would meet, I would kind of forced, not forced, but I would manipulate her into like going into her dad's stash and she would get into trouble and we, I would eat the food and I would go home. And I have since made an amends to this friend because I was a very self-centered friend and all I cared about was the food. But, but I just, I loved going to her house and I could map it out. Like this is where the pantry was. This is where the cellar was. The dad's fridge was over here. I mean, I just, I knew where the food was and I knew which friends of mine had the best food. So and again, I had my favorite combination. As a kid, I would just kind of, I would pull my little table up to the TV, like right on top of the TV and and eat and watch TV like very closely. And I just, just was so engrossed with my food and TV and my own little world. I was in my own little head all the time. And I think I probably was a good enough kid for my parents. I never really got into much trouble. I think I just really, my disease really manifested. I mean, it manifested on the outside with my weight, but internally, I think I just internalized so much. I didn't know how to speak up and tell and share what was going on until I was ready to explode, especially the older I got, the more rage I had, the more anger I had, the more self-hatred I had. And I wasn't really talking about it. And I wasn't doing kind of the normal activities that kids did. I was just really involved with food and my will and I also got very deeply involved with music and that really created more of a hobby slash obsession. And I got very good at that. I even majored in it in college, but the food was always there and my weight just was always, always on my mind. Like when just being the fat kid and, and, and making sure I wasn't the fattest kid and in school, but I just, I was always obsessed with my weight and I never correlated it to what I was eating. I just thought, well, this is, this is my lot in life to be a fat kid and that no one likes and all the boys don't like me and I don't have any friends and I'm not popular. I mean, I would just go down these really negative spirals. And yeah, I mean, it just, I think eventually it started to affect my grades and my definitely affected my self-esteem and my ability to have positive self-affirming talk and loving myself. And I, I, I just, I really believe that I am a food addict and that it's not just that I'm overweight. It's really that I, I have a disease mentally and spiritually. There was, and, and because I was so disconnected from a higher power, I just, I, the way that I behaved and the way that I thought and the way that I lived my life was very much ran by a self-centered fear. So I had a lot of fear, doubt, and insecurity. What does this person think of me? Do they like me? And I didn't even realize I had these thoughts until I came into essay and put the food down. But yeah, I mean, I was always worried about what people thought of me. And I was always afraid about 
how things would turn out. And and sometimes that fear would make me not want to take an action. So I'd procrastinate a lot. And when I would procrastinate, especially in school, I didn't get the grades that I could have gotten. So I, I almost didn't graduate because I didn't feel like showing up my senior year of, of high school. And I almost failed out of due to absences, not because of like getting ups, but because I just, I did not want to show up. So I really directly believe that that is a result of my addiction. And and I, I think I also really did suffer with depression, anxiety, and I just medicated it with food. I didn't bother talking about, I just didn't know to talk about things. And uh, and I, I had friends, I had acquaintances, but I never really let people in. And I never really opened up until I just, there was just a lot of like, just really dishonesty. And I, I wasn't able to show people my real true selves because I was afraid to, and I was afraid of what they would think of me. And now I know that's true for me. I think while I was eating in, in high school and active with with music and other activities that it's very often involved with a, a Jewish youth group. What's interesting, I'm just even thinking of that now, I was pretty high functioning outwardly. And then when I would come home, that was my time to really, really open up the cabinet, go through it. This wasn't good enough. Let me get this combination of salty and sweet. And, and I would write all through my dad's stash of food. I would, he wouldn't stash it all over the house. Then I would I would go and find it and eat it. And I never, I didn't also, when I was in high school, I didn't drive. So I couldn't like go and, and I was too afraid to get a license and too, and honestly, a little too undisciplined to just take the test. And, and I think my mom was also too afraid to teach me. So it just was like, eh, whatever. And I, that was kind of like, it just this, yeah, whatever. was kind of like my mantra in life. Yeah, whatever. So I, I just kind of ate what was around the house and made odd combinations of foods and, didn't really need some stash or hide food because I would always like eat it until it's gone. So my parents also didn't keep a lot of junk food around because my mom was a cancer survivor and was kind of like a vegan, crunchy, hippie mom before it was cool. <laughs> so, so there was not a lot of junk food around, which is why I used to go out and get the stuff that I wanted. I mean, even on my way home, when I was walking home from school, I would stop at the the little like stores that sold food on the way and I would get large quantities of, of usually flower products and just tons of food and then go to like my friend's house. I mean, I mean, I God, I when I was 16, I went on my first diet at a nutrition with a nutritionalist because I didn't want to try the diet programs. I just was like, I I'm really, I'm really messed up. I need I need a stronger solution. That's really how I felt. I was like, I don't think those diet programs gonna work. I want to see a doctor about this. So we saw someone and I just, that was when I started to get really obsessed about my weight and running and what people thought and, and rewarding myself with food. And, and it just kind of, it didn't really work for me. It created more of an obsession and trying to control the food. And as an addict, especially a food addict, I can't control food, especially flour and sugar and quantities. Now I know it's quantities too, but flour and sugar, and it's just... They're drugs for me. I can't stop eating. If I have just a piece, I don't, I can't stop. So, and that was included on the nutritional at food plan. So of course I was, she said, have a scoop or a dab of this. And it, the scoop turned into the whole container after a while. And, and then I was just still gaining weight and scratching my head. Why, why am I gaining weight when I'm on a diet? And I just, I wasn't really on the diet. So, so 
I I don't know. I mean, despite all that, I did manage to graduate, but I also my mom had to like call around to different schools and help me find a college because I had only I had such low self-esteem that I only applied to one college. I didn't get in. And so it was a, a scramble to try to find something where I could study music that that fall. I think it was 2004. I graduated in 2004. So so again, not a lot of planning, not a lot of, I just, just a lot of self-hatred thinking that I was stupid and, and I wasn't, I'm not stupid. And, and my weight was higher than ever and the diet wasn't working. And it was just a very sad, frustrating, it just felt like a very sad, frustrating life as, as a child. And I'm glossing over a lot because I don't have much time, but I also grew up with two parents that they really did the best that they could, but money was always talked about very openly. So I always knew that we didn't have any money in the bank account. And I always know when we had a lot and, but it never lasted. And it was just very confusing. And there's always a lot of like yelling and, and dra- drama, very high drama. Even though my parents were in 12-step programs, I don't know how much they were actively working those 12-step programs. So I think, and also I think uh, my mom had come into this program, so she was definitely had untreated food addiction for most of my childhood. And my dad came into FA like a few years later after us. And he's so, yeah, there was just a lot of dishonesty around food, around money. But my parents, again, they did the best they could. The house was always in disrepair, and it was just, it was hard. My mom passed away four years ago from cancer. So, and I don't know if. With some precautions, maybe they could have, or more proactivity, whatever they maybe they could have helped it with with more visits to the doctors and taking care of themselves. I mean, for me, my father is a strong reminder of where I could be if I left FA because I have no doubt I would get subtly somehow back into the flour and sugar. Diabetes runs in my family. Morbid obesity. I, I just. I really want the solution that this program has. So how I found out about FA was I was, it was the summer right before my sophomore year of college. I had done really awfully at my freshman year of college. I was, I actually did fail a class because I didn't show up. I was drinking. I was, the food was just awful. I mean, I was just so miserable, fat, nothing fit. I was sleeping in till like noon. I was eating food on the couch off myself. So I was on the couch, I was eating it off the couch. My pants didn't really fit. So I was sitting on couches with like my pants unbuckled and a pillow over my lap. And I was just so miserable. And and when I would go outside in the heat, it was, I had to wear jackets. And I just, I hated my body. I hated myself. I was very depressed and and I was having suicidal thinking. So I was just really in a in a very bad place in my life and and I wasn't working I just I was just kind of sleeping and around and I wanted to try another diet again but we didn't have the money and we didn't have the money for the diet or the gym or nothing and I tried another diet program with points that was too confusing so I just kind of felt like well 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 geez I what do I do? And I was just like, that's going to be me. Like, I I can't stop. I'm just, I couldn't stop. And I felt really powerless over my weight and over my life. 
And, and, and that was at 19 years old, eight to 19 years old. So my mom had a client and her, she was in this program and she told my mom about it. And then my mom started to weigh and measure her food and it looked really good and very colorful. And she was also kind of like making proteins that I don't eat today. And I was like really attracted to the food plan and the quantities. And she was going to these meetings and started talking about food addiction. And I was like, yeah, right. What, no flour and sugar? Are you crazy? Like, I, I just, I didn't, I just thought it was another fad diet because my mom was always on the salt room. And she just started to glow. And her, and selfishly, I didn't want to be fatter than my mother. So that's why I came into this program because I was mad that my mom was going to lose weight and I was going to be fat. And so she went to a meeting in Cleveland and I asked her if I could go and she was like, of course, come with me. And I went to that first meeting. There were maybe like 10 of us. And, and I remember standing at the break and saying my name and saying that that's my mom and all these like motherly women. I was definitely the youngest in my fellowship for many years. They came rushing up to me. And when I in that first meeting, I just felt hope. And I felt like I, I had found people that sounded the way that I sounded with food and did the same things and thought the same way. I mean, it was really, I felt like this is my group. And so I got a sponsor and another sponsor and then another sponsor. And then I went down to college and I didn't have any meetings near me. So I was going to other 12-step programs. And I was kind of doing this program kind of not. I wasn't really calling people and I wasn't and my weight was like creeping up and I was eating out a lot and I was just dating men that were not not great influence like not great for me. And I just kinda of, yeah, I lost a lot of weight, probably about a hundred pounds, but not really working the tools of the program, working the steps and being honest around my foods. And then I and then after that I I moved back home after college, I did manage to graduate and move back home with my parents. And I got very obsessed about my weight and, and food. Food had to be very, it had to be a certain way and a certain amount of protein. And I just, I was going through some health things and I wanted to fix it with food. And I share this because when my disease is untreated, it comes up in different ways than I ever thought. So even though I was thin, I was in pretty much a right size body, maybe a little bit heavier than I am now. I I still was using food addictively. I was very obsessed. I was obsessed with the right number on the scale. I was obsessed with the right food. It had to be from the right store. It had to be this amount of protein and calories and fat, and it had to be the best. And like, it was kind of think maybe it turned into that a little bit had to be pure, had to be from the store. And that, like, and the nutrition, if a doctor said this, I would have to do that. And it was, it just got very, I got very obsessive and I didn't realize how strong this mental disease is. And so it was suggested that I start over and I did. And that's when I, I started over in February, 2010, after trying to make this grand plan to move to California with no money and no car and no job, nothing. Like I was just gonna move there and be with fellowship, and that was what I was gonna do. And maybe it would have worked out. I don't know, but it, the plans fell through, and I ended up staying in Cleveland. And then I started going to three meetings a week plus the AWOL. I didn't really have a job, 
And I got a sponsor that had a long-term amount of recovery. And this is all I wanted to do it. I made the decision. I realized my life, I didn't like the direction my life was going in. Where I was home, staying with my parents. I wasn't working. I had quit like a job, part-time job in retail. I, and I was just obsessed again with food and my weight. So I, I did, I, I, I really wanted to work this program and I did. And I like sat in the front row, I raised my hand, I did all the tools like crazy. And I was calling people and I, I, and, and when I, and then I got a job and then I got another job, two part-time jobs. And then I was recruited for a full-time job. And then I got another full-time job. And then I got my first big girl job where I was in an office. And then I got a temp job and ended up being a secretary at a college. And then I was like, I want to be, I want to get my master's. And then I got my master's and then I met my husband and then we moved in together and then we got married and now we have two dogs in the house. So, and I've been, and I have a, I have a very demanding job and I've been in my field for over 10 years and I've been in this job and I've had the success in my job in promotion and I manage people and I manage I have a lot of responsibility at my job. I manage a lot of revenue. And I've been absent now since February of 2010. And it's like, oh my God. And I do the same things that I did when I really wanted to get absent. And I do my tools. I weigh and measure my food. It's simple. It's delicious. But when the meal is over, it's over. I have enough. My weight is where it needs to be. I can still pick up obsession around my weight and food and I talk about it. That's why I make calls. I connect with people. I take quiet time. I ask God for help throughout the day. I have a God in my life today. My, and I'm slowly starting to realize that my solution is spiritual. I can go try to find the best food, the best brand of that, the best online food plan, whatever. But like, if I'm not turning to God for help from what outfit I wear in the morning to really big things in my life, then I will go back into the pool. And this is not a pretty disease at all. So I I am just so eternally grateful for this program. It has, I've definitely had things in my life. Like I said, my mom passed away four years ago. I had some struggles in my marriage. We're still married. My dad had to go into a nursing home. That was really difficult. We just moved. Life's life's what's going on. And, but for me, I've always learned that this, this program never changes. Even though now we have these Zoom formats and these podcasts, there's there's an evolution that's happening, which I think is amazing, but it doesn't change. My solution never changes. My solution is God, these 12 steps, the tools of recovery, and honestly, just getting out of myself and, and doing service, which is why I got on this call. I've always wanted to share my story in a recorded fashion. I used to listen to those tapes and CDs and now they're like podcasts and I don't even know what it's so amazing what we have today. And, and I just want to continue to give and serve because, because it just, it works and I want to share what works with people. So, and I want to keep what I have. So I give it away. So I think I'm at time, but thank you all so much for being here and listening to my story today from food addiction. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.